Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. Praise God. Hallelujah. Wait a minute. I got all these notes. I have so much to give to you today. I'm excited. God has given me this message. Well, when they told me I had to preach, it seemed like it was like two years ago. <laughs> I've been preparing this message for such a, uh, quite a while. But... I am so glad to be here today. I mean, I am excited. I'm still, I'm always nervous to stand before a crowd, but at the same time, I can stand before two people and I'm still nervous. But anyway, I'm just excited to be here. And I always say, you know, man, right here, I'm a BGFG, baby, created by God for God. Praise God. Everybody in the room, a BGFG. I got my T-shirts out, BGFG. I go out there, I'm a BGFG, created by God for God. Praise God. There you go, Debbie, created by God for God. Praise God. Right? Right? Back there you go, BGFG, by God for God, a designer's original. It's a God thing, right? All right? I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? Come on now. We got to get excited about God in this house. We sitting down, Lord did. Somebody gave a revelation about uh, almost being, what what, what did uh, uh, Kim say? You know, God saved her life from that car accident. That's a blessing. And I'm really excited because, oh, my God, every time it gets near for me to preach or do anything, something happened in my life, y'all. Things happen, right? I've been through some stuff, right? And, and, and the thing is, is that I've been, through some, uh, uh, I've been through some stressful situations in my life, and stress affects your body. So I began having problems with my uh, esophagus and my stomach, couldn't eat, couldn't drink, everything go down, got stuck, right? But I went and I had all these tests done, still have one more to do, but I had some tests done, got some results on yesterday, praise God, it said normal. Looked at the nervous test, it said normal. I'm like, good God Almighty, that was in my driveway. Hallelujah! Praise God! You know, I mean, talking to my dog, I said, praise God, Sandy! Oh, he said, woo-woo! I said, yeah! You know what I'm saying? I was so happy, right? I'm so happy, so it's exciting to be alive here today, right? I'm excited. Man, God is phenomenal. He just shows up and show out. And I prayed to God. Although going through the test, I kept saying, God, heal my body. Heal my body. It's something he don't want me to talk about. I don't know. He was trying to keep me from this message right here. But today's topic is I'm tapping out of sin into true repentance. Right? Tapping out of sin into true repentance. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him, I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. See, survivors, they have this show called Naked and Afraid, right? And then on Naked and Afraid, right, I see them there. Oh, my good guy. First of all, they out there naked, and they run through the booth. I can't get in there. And the naked, you swip us on a, a sticker bra or something. You know, they got all kind of stuff out there, right? And so um, I saw some, and they get out there. One lady, she lasted a day. She like, I'm tapping out. I told them as soon as I saw the, when, as soon as I got off the boat, first of all, I ain't getting naked. But as soon as you see the environment they're in, I would have tapped out before I even got there. Look, yeah. I'm, I'm tapping out, mm-hmm. right? But anyway, with this tapping out of sin into true repentance, basically when we look at sin, sin is a sickness, is a disease, right? It has a pot- propensity to meta- metastasize, which means spread and grow, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a disease, right? But guess what? I couldn't give you the disease without giving you the cure. Come on, Praise now. God. See, true repentance, and we're not talking about just repentance. See, this is what God wanted me to straighten up some things on true repentance. We talk about repentance all the time, right? We, 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 Father God, I repent of my sins. You do something today. Lord God, I repent of my sins. I repent I ask that you forgive me for any thought, deed, or action that was not of you. Past, present, future, right? I cover them all. Past, present, and future, willingly and unwillingly, right? Right? And then next week, we do the same thing. Right? 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 And then we then, then we say, oh, God, did it again. Father God, I repent of my sins, Lord God. I repent of my sins. I, 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 forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for that. And then maybe a month later, we do the same thing. Right? Right? Because that's not... True repentance, you haven't truly repented, right. right? Right, if you keep doing the same thing, you haven't truly repented. Right. Too many times we want to repent, he says this, we want to get a different re- result by doing the same thing. Come on. You, got, you can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. You want to come in and ask about extravagant blessings, but you haven't done anything extravagant. Come on. Have you, have you, have you changed, truly changed your ways, right? So we're talking about 
True repentance. Praise God. Yeah. That is the cure. True repentance. And we're going to get further into that. But first, I think I'm supposed to be praying here. <laughs> so let us pray. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord God. Who on fire for God? Mm-hmm. Okay, bow your heads. Who, Father God, I just thank you, Father God. I thank you for an opportunity to just Give your word on today, Lord God. Father God, I'm asking that you just, I'm asking for true repentance, Father God. I truly repent, Father God. I truly want to see a change. We all want to see a true change in our lives, Lord God. Mm -hmm. Father God, we're asking in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you touch each and every individual in this house, Lord God, from the pulpit to the congregation, Lord God. Father God, we're praying for our nation, Lord God. Mm -hmm. Father God, our nation needs a healing, Lord God. Matter of fact, our nation needs a true repentance, Lord God. Because it needs to truly change, Lord God. Father God, we're expecting that change. We know that you can do all things, Lord God. Father God, all we have to do is just take our time and go through the process, Father God. Father God, we need to learn and get it right, Father God, so that we'll know how to apply it in our lives, Lord God. Father God, I'm asking that you pray for individuals that might have a heart to come, Lord God, but couldn't make it, Lord God. Father God, I'm praying for the shepherds of this house, Father God. I'm praying that you cover them from the top of their heads to the very soles of their feet, Lord God. Whatever they stand in need of, I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you touch them in a mighty way, Lord God. Father God, we love you so much, Father God. Father God, it had not been for you on our side, Father God. Where will we be, Lord God? I know I would have been dead laying in my grave. Father God, I thank you so much that you are alive, Lord God, that you're giving us another opportunity to get it right, Lord God. You showed us that we're in the last of the last days. So we need to be able to get it right, to able to be able to live in your new kingdom that you promised because you said thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, you let me know that heaven and earth are going to reconnect. Glory to God, we're earth and we're going to connect to heaven. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father God, we love you so much, Father God. It's sad if I had a thousand tongues, I couldn't stop thanking you enough. I couldn't stop praising you enough. I couldn't stop worshiping you enough. Lord God, you are my Father. Hallelujah. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. It is in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Father God, thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so beautiful. Woo! Tapping out of sin. Tapping out of sin into true repentance. Tell your neighbor, I'm tapping out. I mean this, I'm tapping out. And the thing is that when God gives me a message, right, he gives me a message. God gives me a message. God gives me a message. And message is me. Give me. Uh Remember two letters? The first letter's message is me. Me. He gives me the message. So there are things that apply to my life, too. So there are things that I have to straighten out, too. It's just not for you, but it's for me, too. Right? Praise God. All right now. So so anyway, we're going to go to the next slide. Under the category of, je- uh, uh, of, of tapping out of sin, the sin, the sickness, the disease, is jealousy, envy, and strife. And guess what? It happens right in the church. Yep. Right? Yep. It's, it's, it happens in the church. Can we raise, we, not raise your hands, but we say we raise our hands. It happened in the church. It happens out there, but it don't happen right here. It happens right here, too. Yep. It happens everywhere. God want me to address the jealousy, envy, and strife, because in order for us to move to the next level in God, in order for us to go to the new church, we want to get it right in the old church. Come Praise on. God. Uh-huh. So we don't want to take junk, right? Come we got on. a lot of junk that we're trying to take to the new environment. We don't want that. We want to eradicate that, right? Yeah. Pastor God gave me a word. He said, keep on laying a foundation. So anyway, so jealousy. We want to start with jealousy. So jealousy and envy have very similar meanings, and they are often confused. In many ways, the difference is whether you have some claim on the object or desire. And one thing about jealousy, jealousy has the, has the propensity, propensity to be volatile, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It has the propensity to turn into a volatile situation. And then I always give examples. I'm going to give you an example in scripture, right, about jealousy, right? And then with, the, uh, with envy, envy is defined as a feeling of discontent, ill will, because of another's advantage. Well, we're going to get envious because somebody else got a promotion come and on, you didn't, come on, yeah, right? Yeah. Right? 
Uh, and somebody might get a little envious. Uh, and, this, and, and with envy, you have negative envy and positive envy, right? Negative envy. And somebody might say, yeah, I've been in church 30 years. And where she come from? She got up there, been in here one week. And there she go, up in the pool pit. Now you business. But anyway, so <laughs> this, this is the thing right here. With envy, with envy, and, th and that's what happens, right? So you have that envy there that they're jealous of somebody else's position, whatever somebody else, has, whatever somebody else have. Right? So anyway, so Max, um, go to the next one. Okay. And I just further defined envy and gave you the difference, you know, between the envy, the jealousy, and the strife. And, what he, and here, with envy and jealousy, it leads to strife because strife is contention and quarreling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's quarrelsome. It's contention and quarrelsome. It leads to strife, right? And then I noticed that, and I had to address it today because it's so important and so significant that Paul addressed it, and so did James, right? So I want you, we're going to go to our Bibles right here for a minute. Let's go to the book of, uh, first of go to, let's go to the book of James. Turn to James 3, 13, 16. James 3, 13, 16. Okay, and he reads thus. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in, in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish... Oops, I didn't want to do that. Wait a minute. And, I, and the only reason why, because I tore my page off the top. But anyway, but and, and let's go to, I'm going to do it, I'm going to read, let me reread it from um, the um, Old Testament. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Okay? <clears throat> There's James addressing envy there. Now let's look at, let's look at 1 Corinthians 3.1, where Paul talks about it. Right? 1 Corinthians 3.1. Are you there? Amen? Okay, it says... Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling, that quarreling is the strife. Remember, it's jealousy leads to quarreling and strife. That's strife. That's a part of strife. Quarreling among you, you are not worldly. Are, I mean, it says, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Yeah. Right? Okay. So this is the thing. It was so significant. James addresses it. And actually, the book of James, basically, James is addressing the Christians. He's telling Christians how to live a Christ-like life, right? And what it says is that James addressed the individual Christians in, the, in, in, the, in themselves, right? So what's going on here, James and Paul had the same message. They, they addressed the same. They had the same message about envy against jealousy, envy, and strife. However, although it was similar, they had a different audience. James addressed the Christians. Paul addressed the church. Right? Yeah. So same yeah. message, different audience. Correct. Right? So anyway, so Paul is addressing the church, and I'm like, wow, okay, wow, it was an issue then. Right? Yeah. We have this now going on now. Yeah. Yeah. It was an issue then. Yes. And then when I kind of did some more research, you know, I'm saying not only was it an issue then during the time of Paul, right? That's why he's going out to the church and telling the church, trying to correct the church, mm -hmm. right? It goes all the way back to Old Testament, right? So when I look at my concordance, there were 29 references, scriptural references made to jealousy, about jealousy, mm. 29. Of the 29, there were 25 found in Old Testament and four found in New Testament, which comes, um, which co comes under Paul, right? Deuteronomy and, and, and Deuteronomy and Exodus had the most, right? Yeah, I found more in Deuteronomy. During the time of Deuteronomy, I said, ooh, they were really acting up. But anyway, so, but the thing is about this is that 
it goes all the way back to Genesis, right? Yeah. Because if we look at Genesis, let's turn to our Bible. Let's go to Genesis, right? Let's go to the book of Genesis. Okay? So when we look at Genesis, Genesis chapter 4, 3 through 8, yeah. right? Here it is right here. And we're talking about jealousy, right? I want to show you, I always I have to show you, my pastor teaches us that we need to get into that word and we need to be able to show you things. So I'm here to show you that it's in the word, right? Because Diane ain't saying it, it's in the word, right? So Genesis 4, 3, 8, right? It says here, 3, 8. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn uh, of the flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. This brother was mad. Yeah. You hear me? Yeah. He was mad. Yeah. Understand? Yeah. So he said, so when it says, then the Lord said to Cain, Look, why are you angry? Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Here we go right here. Then he like admonished him. He says, if you do, here we go, what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. That sin was that jealousy, right? Remember, yeah. sickness, disease, jealousy, envy, strife, that's a sickness, yeah. disease. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it, Come on. right? But it's obvious that Cain ignored him yes. because here he goes tiptoeing out in the field with Abel, and then it says, and Cain killed Abel, right? Cain killed Abel. It says, now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out in the field. He set him up. Right? Let's yeah. go in the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. He killed him. It's over jealousy. Now, what I, when I was studying this too, it showed me this. Because we often we see where there's a sin that it says sin is an abomination as unto death. Right? And I'm like, wow. Okay, sin, there's some uh, uh, consequences to sin. There's death. So you have two types. You have a physical death and you have a spiritual yeah, death. Yeah, right? Yeah. Right here, when we look at Cain and Abel, that was a physical yeah. death. Right? Yeah. That jealousy caused a physical death. Yeah. Correct. Right? Correct. Right? So anyway, I'm like, wow, okay, okay. I get this right here. So, and the other thing that God, God was showing me here, that with Cain and Abel, Cain wasn't jealous of Abel's offering. He was jealous of the way that God received Abel's oh, offering, right? It wasn't about what he gave. Yeah. It was about the how he was received. Yeah, yeah. And then to go a little bit further, then he gets mad because he was, in other words, he was really being chastised. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he was really mad, right? So that's what that was about here, right? So then when we look at, then let's look at, um, and that's a part of jealousy, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. We have to stop this foolishness because, again, I say, too, it happens in the church, jealousy. We are jealous about somebody, uh, and jealousy and envy both occur. You know, people talking gossip. It go, all of that goes in their line, gossiping, backbiting, all of this stuff, talking about one another, talking about what somebody wear, and this, that, and the third, and, and it's all happening in the church. It happens in the church. It happens in the church. So we have to straighten that piece up. It's very important to straighten it up. Like I said, if Paul addressed it and James addressed it, it was so significant but not only did that not only did it stop there though when we look at and pastor's been teaching on the elementary doctrines right when we look at the elementary doctrines right in hebrews 6 1 2 it says one of the matter of fact it says it says repentance from the acts that lead to dead works right faith towards god right uh, 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 doctrine of baptism, laying, of laying on of hands, right? Resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, right? On. Okay, now, the thing about that is that God showed me something with this, and we're going to get into the repentance level of it, but I want to touch bases here, because with that repentance, right, I said, mm, wow, I'm looking at it, I'm like, Mm, look, repentance come in first position. Yes. It could have came in second. Yeah. It could have came yeah. in third, fourth, fifth, or sixth. But it was in first, yeah. right? Because it's significant, right? When it comes to that repentance, then it said faith towards God, right? And I'm looking at this, okay? When we look at faith towards God, right? Faith towards God. In order to go towards God, there had to be a falling away at some period, right? So that repentance from the acts of dead works that lead to sin, right? So when we were in that sin, we fell away from God. On, That's why the on. second category is faith towards God. Praise God, right? God showed me that, right? So we're going to get deeper into the repentance part, but I want to show you some more uh, uh, jealousy. Come on, this is so good. 
then here we go right here. I'm going to go to Saul and Paul. Let's look at, um, let's look at, where my Saul and Paul? 1 Samuel 18, 6, 8, right? Let's go to 1 Samuel 18, 6, 8. Okay, here we go right here. When the men, are you ready? Are you, everybody there? Uh -huh. I heard a page flick. Okay, okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm so excited about this because, man, God took me to school and I've been to the library. I've been all over the place. I went out get, doing research. I got research everything, right? So anyway, so it says, when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all, of the, uh, all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing and uh, with joyful songs and, timbal, uh, and, and timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Saul was very angry, right? Right? Saul became angry about this. But I'm going to stop right there for a minute. Saul became so angry that anger was jealousy. Yeah, right? yeah that's right. That anger was jealousy. But then when I look at it, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, is, is it jealousy or is it envy? Because this sin didn't lead to death, although it had the propensity to lead to death. Mm -hmm. Because Paul, Saul wanted to find Paul and kill Paul, right? But it didn't happen. David. Yep. I mean, da David. Yep. Paul, yeah, him. But he wanted to... <laughs> I said Saul and Paul, and we're talking about the same person. Y'all know what I mean. But Saul and David, right? <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Pastor, for that help. You got to help a sister out there. I get so excited. I got Saul and Paul, and we're talking about the same person. She said she knows she's crazy. Oh, yeah, she's crazy. But anyway, so with Saul and David, right? So uh, 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 Saul gets angry, yes. right? And I'm looking, I said, okay, could this be defined as jealousy? Well, no, he wanted to kill him, but he didn't. Okay, well, listen, look at envy because he's jealous of the position now because now they're looking at David. The people are holding him in high esteem, yeah, right? Yeah, so there yeah. was a position. So David was really elevated by the people by to the people. another level. Yeah. So Paul is envious at this point. Saul is envious at this point of David's level, the yeah. level that David went wow, to. So wow, we're looking wow. at envy instead of jealousy, right? So when I look at that, I'm like, wow, wow, wow. So this right here is a form, but this, this happened here. Now, this right here is a spiritual death. Right for him because Saul's envy when when he was because he was envy, envious and in sin he had a falling away from God uh, right he, sure he had a falling away from God he yeah. fell away from God yes, he did. right so he was envy that envy led him to fall away so that was a spiritual death with the sin right. right praise God now let's go here to uh uh and then let's look at Sarah and Hagar woo hoo mm, I'm ready for this right here now. Now, y'all know I have a story right here. This is good right here because this is so good. I mean, when you read your word and when you get into on, that word, on, like you on. said, I put myself into the story, yeah. right? I really put myself in the story with Sarah. Hey, guy. Sarah and hey, guy. Hey, guy. <laughs> right? She was. <laughs> so anyway, so look at. Da, 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 da. Let's look at Genesis mm -hmm, 16, 1 through 6. Right? Okay, okay. Tell, tell, tell your name. I'm tapping out of sin. I'm tapping out of sin. Into true repentance. Into true repentance. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. That envy is something, right? We have to stop doing what we're doing. We have to get this thing right, y'all. Again, I said we don't have all day, right? God gave me, uh, 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 when he told me, I told pastor, I had a dream, and God, I've had many dreams and visions God has given me that I haven't even begun to talk about with anybody. Um, but, he showed me a tent revival 20, 30, 30 years ago. And we're going to go out, and I'm going to actually do the tent revival, right? Because that's what God says. I'm obedient. When he say do something, he say go, I go. I'm like the centurion man. He say go, I go. Say, I say. Talk, I talk. Walk, I walk. Whatever he say do, I do. Even if it don't sound right or feel right or do, you know, if it don't seem right, like what? But anyway, but that revival is on repentance. Repentance is so heavy during this era. We need to truly repent. And so many people have misused repentance. We treat repentance, it's like, you know, the Monopoly game. You get that get out of jail free card, right? Well, we treat repentance like a get out of hell free card. Repentance is not a get out of hell free card. We can't, it's not, and that Bobby Brown said, it's my prerogative, I can do what I want to do. Well, I stopped by to tell somebody that it's not your prerogative and you can't do what you want to do. You have to do what God say do, right? Right? 
if we don't do what God say do, we'll find ourselves in a situation like Saul and, 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 and David, right? Yeah. right? And Cain and Abel, right? Okay, Sarah and Hagar, which I'm getting ready to talk about. Come on. It's not your prerogative, and you can't do what you want to do. Too many times we're trying to make sin right. We try to make sin right out in the world, and then we bring that mess up in the church, and we try to make sin right in the church. Well, I stop by to tell somebody, sin is still sin, no matter where it is, and it's still wrong. Come on. So, uh, Pastor say, you know, he said, I don't mean to shout. <laughs> Y'all got to excuse me. But I ain't mad. <laughs> the devil may be mad because I'm going to pop his head today. We're going to pop him like a pimple, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Dr. Pimple Popper, when she squeezed that thing, all that stuff come out, it just, all that good God Almighty. I saw that right there. That thing is nasty. Woo! Now anyway, she popped them pimples. Well, guess what? Because we got a lot of we got a lot of infection in us. We gotta get that thing and put that down and get that finger down up in there. Make sure up in there, pull it, put it, and then all that gush come out. That ain't number sin. That ain't number sin. Reaping with sin. Big old ball. What's that on the side? Sin. Praise God. That's what it is. Pop that pimple, baby. So anyway. So in the book of Genesis, right? So we look at Sarah. Let's get uh, uh, 16, 1 through 6. Okay, and it reads, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. This, I kind of had trouble with this, y'all. <laughs> I got to tell y'all something. <laughs> Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Right? And right here, you know what? I, I, can, can I tell y'all something, y'all? I, I, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sarah didn't think that too. Right. right. <laughs> that right there, Sarah didn't think that one through. Sarah was so caught up on having children, right? But I think she forgot how you make the children, right? She completely deleted or eradicated how babies are made. She's just like, oh, I'm going to give Amy some children, right? But honey, I bet she thought about that thing. Let me tell you something right here. It says right here, Abram agreed to what Sarah said. Right? He agreed. Can I tell you? This is a thing right here. This thing, this, 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 this thing. This thing right here. I, I did this. This is my story, y'all. This is my story. So I got Abram a cool dude, right? I gave Abram, he's a cool dude. Abram, a, Abram is a cool dude. So when Sarah tell Abram, here go my maid, and it said that she was beautiful, right? And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm in the story. Now I'm getting all in that story. Abram was, he probably was eyeing that little filly. Look at that. She come. You know, he ain't say nothing, you know. You know, he, he forgot to take the rubber band off his neck at times. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm like, because why he not saying nothing? First of all, Abram should have said, no, no, baby, I'm That's not right. doing that. Oh. You my, no, you my boo. I'm not my doing boo. that. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I, no, I can't do that. But Abram, what he said, no, this is what he said, because Abram's a cool dude, right? Abram said, That's what's up. <laughs> right? I got him saying that. Because I gave him a cool dude. That's what's up. You know, he didn't know it. That's what's up. Right? So, I'm like, this daggone Abram, he had no problem, right? So not only did she give Abram to, to Hagar to bear children, right? She gave him as his wife. It said gave him as the wife, yeah. the wife. First and foremost, 
she was out of line with God because she did not have the authority on, to right. give Abram, to, first, adultery, that's adultery all day long, yeah. to give Abram to uh, 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 Hagar to Abram as a wife, right? It says it in the word to see, you know, we got a little trouble right here. Yeah, yeah make sure y'all look at it now because I don't want nobody to say, uh, that wasn't in the word, right? You know, because sometimes that'll happen, right? Got to watch it. Don't get hooked up on the messenger. Get the message, all right? So, <laughs> so anyway, so, and it says, let's go ahead and read it, just in, you know, just to clarify. Abram, again, Abram agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. Oops, there it is, <laughs> right? So, and it says, he slept with Hagar and conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Despise, I was looking up, I said despise, despise. First, first I thought it was taunt or something like that, but it's like contempt, she had contempt for, right? Worthless, she felt made her feel worthless or what have you, right? But now Diane getting out here. Now, now, I'm gonna tell y'all something. I think before she even despised, Sarah was having some jealousy issues. Yeah, I'm gonna be real you with you. Sarah, first of all, she laying in the tent, right? First of all, she in the bed, no children in here. Okay, she laying in the bed, right? And then here go Abram. He got to get up in the middle of the night and he tiptoeing. <laughs> you know how we tiptoe, tiptoeing, right? He wasn't tiptoeing through the tulips, cause not like this, cause up north we say when you tiptoeing through the tulips, you. But he wasn't that kind of tulip, right? But here go Abram, right? He tiptoeing. He tiptoeing over to Sarai's, Sarai's, I mean, to Hagar's tent. You know she's feeling some kind of way. He got to go over there. They ain't going to play checkers, right? So he going over there to sleep with Hagar. And so after a while, you know, now it's dawning to her. She probably saying, what the heck did I do? Right, right. I mean, he going over here. And then I think it got good to Abram because it was like he started going there every night, right? <laughs> he ain't go something like that every night. So when he got off from work, first thing he do, he run the hay guy, right? And so I'm picturing this. So she got jealous. She really did. There's jealousy that came into play. There's M. Actually, it's, it was jealousy. Here we go. Mixed with a little M now with envy for sure. Right, because she wanted to bear children. She right, wanted what right, Hagar had. Right, right. So we talking envy here. We yeah. still on envy and jealousy. Just telling the story. Just telling the story. Tell somebody, I'm tapping out of sin. I'm tapping out of sin. All right, just telling the story. So anyway, I picture Hagar. I mean, um, uh, 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 um, Sarah. Sarah, in her tent. Right. I gave her a tent a window. So she had a window, and she was standing at the sink. I gave her a sink, and she's washing dishes. Right. She washing dishes. I got get so she in there, so Sarah in the kitchen, and she washing dishes, right? And she looking out that window, right? And Hagar's tent is right there in front of the window, right? And she looking over there, and there go Abram. He all there, they sitting out on the porch, right? She bouncing the little baby up. It's like, woohoo, hoo they bouncing baby up. They been a little family. She watched them just real, honey. Yeah, they all, you know, she getting mad, right? It made her angry, right? right, right. She watching them. He enjoying the family, right? He was, he was, he was enjoying the family, right? So she watching them dishes. And then Abram went to work. I got him to work. You know, they work, right? He went on to work or what have you. Hey, guy, come around the house, right? She pregnant. And... Hey, God, Sarah, I got them getting into it, right? I gave them a, 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 a color. She, she made a color purple move on her. Anybody seen color purple? She did a color purple move. Now, this is the thing. This is the thing. Remember when Oprah, who was Sophia, Hoppo <laughs> had, had gotten a new woman, right? And remember, they were up in the Jew joint, right? They were up in the Jew joint, right? And... <laughs> and and so Hoppo and, 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 and Sophia had, had split up because they fought all the time. He pound her, she pound him. He pound her, she pound him. They got separated. So he got him another little young thing. Next thing you know, this is Diane's version. So here goes, 
he go, hey, guy, when Sarah, she go, so her and Sarah get in a little argument. You know, she making Sarah do, now Sarah making Haggai do all these things because she became hard on right. her, be very harsh. And they said, we don't know all the stuff that she did to her, but it had to be very hard for her to flee, yeah. right? So, but here we go. She's like, so here go Haggai. Yeah, I'm going to do the color purple move. Hoppo, my man, right? You ain't nothing but a big old heifer. <laughs> right? And you know how Oprah turned around and and knock the lights out. That's what happened. But Sarah, but Sarah didn't punch the lights out, right? She got mad, right? So when she left, here come Abram. Don't know what's going on. He coming in the house all happy. Oh, he probably made a kill and all that, you know. And Sarah, he didn't know he walked into a war zone. Because when he got there, she, she tell him, get rid of Get her out of here, you know, and it's in the, it's in the word. She tells Abram, and then she blames Abram, yes, she right? Did. She turned around and, and blamed Abram. Right. You know, like, you're the cause of all this. That's why I'm going through these struggles. She said something to that effect. I'm going through these struggles and problems because you did because of you, right? And I'm like, and it was like she was telling him, although I told you to do this, you could always say no. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you didn't. So she flipped the script on her, yeah. right? She flipped the script. So at this point, Abram like, hey, you got to go. Next thing you know, Hagar was gone, packed and gone, right? But I say this because all of Sarah's actions, envy. And she had come to a place where she had disconnected from God. She already disconnected when she gave him to wife. They were already it was already messed up. That was going to be chaos anyway because she tried to make her own way. That's how it is with sin, right? Sometimes with sin, we try to, again, do our own thing, right? If we try to manipulate situations to be the way we think they should be, right? Manipulating situations that shouldn't be manipulated, right? When you manipulate situations that shouldn't be manipulated, you cause damage, right? Collateral damage somebody's going to get hurt, right? right? right. When you're dealing with sin, somebody's going to get hurt, right? When we're dealing with jealousy and envy, somebody is going to get hurt, right? Right? Somebody's going to get hurt. When you find out somebody's talking about you, somebody's going to get hurt. Lying, cheating, whatever, somebody's going to get hurt, Mm -hmm. right? Sin hurts, and it hurts other people, right? We got to straighten it up yeah. because it happens right in the church. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tap out. I say it because it happens in the church. We got to stop hurting one another. Mm-hmm. We have to start encouraging and stop discouraging. Yeah. We got to yeah. start lifting and not tearing down, yes. right? Yeah. We have to start with one another by pushing each other to another level. Right? Don't get jealous of somebody else because they can sing better or they can do something better or this, that, and the other. Be happy, rejoice. Come on. Right? Yeah. I have a, I have an envy. Say, I, 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 my positive envy. I can say, Michelle, girl, I envy you. I love your voice. I sure wish I could sing like that. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. That's positive envy. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. If we had more of that in the church today, yeah. we wouldn't be the way we are. We have to get it straight. And guess what? God showed me we don't have all day. Many times we come in here, we keep saying the same things, we keep praying the same prayers, and then we go out and we're still jacked up. We come in jacked up, we leave jacked up. We come jacked up, we leave jacked up. That's including me. We got stuff in our lives that we have to straighten and fix, right? If you have ought with your neighbor, fix it. If you said something bad about somebody, you gossip on somebody, Fix it, right? And that's where we're going to get into true repentance, right? So, Max, we can go up to true repentance, please. True repent. My braid didn't fall, did it? No, no, no. Okay, praise God. No, may fall. I'm all right. So, anyway, so we're going to why he doing true repentance, right? And true repentance, right? Sometimes it is easier to define what something is by telling what it's not, right? Yes. 
Repentance is not repetition of sin, laughing at sin, justification for sin, hardening of the spiritual arteries, minimization of the seriousness of the era. Repentance is not retirement from activity. Right? Some people think, well, I don't do that no more, right? I used to drink, but I don't drink no more. Right, I, I've been, I, I, haven't been drank, I haven't drank in 30 years, right? And then 31 years, they drank it, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> they was just on retirement, right? <laughs> <laughs> and some things that we do, right, it's, it's true. I'm, we, we laugh, but it's so real, oh, right? Yeah. We yeah. retired from it. The same way with me with cursing. I'm, yep, I, I haven't cursed him in, in, in 15 years, but uh, 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 nine years later, I cursed. I was just in retirement. Nothing changed. I'm being real. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we have to fix it. It's okay. It's okay to have a sickness as long as we got a cure, That's right. right? And use it, right? Amen. If the doctor give you medicine and you don't use it, what's going to happen? You're going to stay sick yeah. like me. They gave me medicine. I'm like, I ain't using that. Boy, and everything. I said, I ain't taking that. Got sick as a dog. Dog, I ain't taking that. She didn't take me. I said, no. <laughs> Let's just do the test, because something else going to happen, but I ended up taking medicine, right? <laughs> Nothing happened, praise God. <laughs> but anyways, it is not the closeting of sin to corrode and overburden the sinner, right? And when we get justification, right, sin, there's no justification for it. That's what the world does. The world justifies sin. They make sin right. I just talked about it. Mm -hmm. Making making sin right, making wrong right, right wrong. That's called justification. I'm justified in doing it because I think that I'm entitled to. We got too many entitlements, right? We think that we're entitled to this. We're entitled. No, you're not entitled to nothing. You're only entitled to, matter of fact, you're not even entitled to nothing with God because everything is given by grace. That's right. Praise God, because of his grace, right, we're able to, 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 to receive. But you can't justify it. We can't laugh at it. Somebody commits sin, and we laugh. <laughs> what your sin and self? Oh, go on. No, it's not. No, no, we can't laugh. We have to correct it, right? It has to be corrected. Sin is a serious, is so serious. There's jealousy and envy, and it's all in the category of jealousy and envy, which leads to strife and contention. And strife, that's why there's so much division in the church. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Division in the world. Mm-hmm. Strife and contention. Yeah. Quarreling, bickering. Mm-hmm. What you fussing for? Mm-hmm. Right? We need to be at peace. We need to have more love. If we have more love than we have all this sin, this world would be a whole better place. It's not enough love. We, we criticize. We ostracize. We stereotype, right? And I get to my heart of it when we talk about homeless. You know, that's my pet peeve. That's my pet. That's, you know, the homeless are those who are underprivileged, underserved, Right? That's my heart. And when somebody, when I thought about it, why is it my heart? Because I'm after God's own heart. His heart is the people, his treasures. Matter of fact, so many times in the Bible, we see the poor, the poor, the poor. He's talking about it all the time. Mm -hmm. Giving to the poor, doing for the poor, doing for the poor, doing for the poor. Because I love God when I get up here and we let with you. I I love God. When I say I love God, I love what God loves. Mm -hmm. If that's what he loves, then I'm going to love it too. If he loved bananas and pickles, I'm going to love that too because God loves it, right? right? That's how we ought to be. We have to be just like God. We say that, if we don't say, in the word it says we were created in his image. So we're supposed to exhibit the characteristics of God. I don't see it all the time, right? We're supposed to be exhibiting those same characteristics, right? So um, when we, I want to talk to, and then going back to, and Max, go up to the next one. Okay. Now, remember I talked about repentance and true repentance. There is a difference. Truly repentant and repentant, there is a difference. And I didn't know that until I started studying it. Right? I'm like, wow, well, what, they talk about true repentance. What about the other repentance? Well, I didn't know there were two. It's not two types of repentance, but it's the way that it's done, the way we do things, right? 
So we're still talking about repentance. True repentance is composed, and here it is, of many elements, each one related to the others. True repentance is not only sorrow for sins and humble penitence and contrition before God, but it involves the necessity of turning away from them, yeah. right? A discontinuance of all evil practices and deeds, yes. a thorough reformation of life, a vital change from evil to good, yes. from vice to virtue, from darkness to light, not only so, but to make restitution so far as is possible for all the wrongs that we have done to pay our debts and restore to God and man their rights, that which is due them from us, right? Repentance must be personal, individual, and humble. They must voluntarily change our, their own lives in a real and humble repentance. Now, when we get to voluntarily, right, this the thing right here. If I have to be coerced into apologizing to you, that's not repentance. Right. That's not repentance. You have not repented because true repentance is voluntary. Yeah. Matter of fact, it comes with restitution. Okay? If I have not gone back and any sin that I've committed against my neighbor, and I don't mean your next door neighbor going next door, y'all know what I'm saying. Some people may say, oh, my neighbor, my neighbor didn't do anything to me. No, we're all neighbors. But if I have not, if I have not, voluntarily done this on my own accord, then it's not true repentance. It's not true repentance. I learned that. I'm like, oh, gosh, ooh, I really got to straighten this up because I, I haven't truly repented. So let me straighten it up. Let me work on it. It's okay. We just got to right. fix it. Right. Okay? See, there must be a consciousness of guilt. It cannot be brushed aside. It must be acknowledged and not rationalized away. Right? Some people, we try to rationalize. Well, uh, well, the reason why I, well, you know what? The, and I did it. Well, I only, well, I cussed at him because he made me mad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a sin. I wasn't supposed to do it. That's right. right? That's it's still sin. To I tried to justify it, yeah. rationalize it away. Yeah. You know, well, I did it because. Yeah. We do it. Yeah. Yeah, we, do. we do it. We're guilty. Oh, yeah. We're guilty. Yeah. And guess what? We're repeated offenders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure I had a message on it. I was going to do a message, repeated offenders. But that's what we are. We're repeated offenders. Because we repeatedly offend God when we yeah, stay in yeah. sin. Yeah. Do not endeavor to excuse yourself in the least point because of your sin. Let the justice of God have full sway in your heart so that it will bring you to the dust of inhumility. There should be an element of shame. Jeremiah 6.15 says, Were they ashamed when they had committed an abomination? So was Abraham ashamed when he was tiptoeing right, over right, there to say, right. he wasn't ashamed, he was enjoying it, right? That's right. And he says, nay, no. <laughs> they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. They wasn't even blushing. Right. They didn't even do that. They, they, I mean, they were strong <laughs> in it. Strongly strong in it, right? Now, I want to stay right there for a minute, and I want to go back to the elementary doctrines for repentance, because it's so good. I really like the elementary doctrines. And that's the thing that we really need to get down. Pastor keep preaching on it and te teaching on it, and we really need to get that down packed, because once we got that, I think we pretty much got it. We just have to learn how to utilize and apply it in our lives. We have to understand what it really means when we're talking about these elementary doctrines. I mean, we can, te can teach on it all day long, but if we don't know when we leave this door in this room and we really don't know what it means, we don't know how to apply it, then it's for naught. Right? So with this repentance, it's good because I'm giving so many scenarios and we're talking about the true repentance so you will understand truly what true repentance is. Right? So it talks about repentance from the acts that lead to death, right? It's to turn to change. So we know penitence is to turn to change, to change direction, right? And then it says um, change direction. Dead works, activities that have no life in them. What, that's what dead works are. They're activities that, are, that have no life in them. It says that... Uh, um, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, there were works that God prepared in advance for us to walk in. Dead works have to do with religious in nature, but have no purpose. Yeah. Not what God is inspiring you to do. Repentance from the act 
that lead to death because we're still talking repentance. So it's good to still talk about this. That's the connection with the, with the um, elementary doctrines. Mm -hmm. Is a way of counseling your association with the former life, with the way you used to be, so that if evil, if, so that if an evil spirit has a hold on you, by repenting from acts that lead to death, you now have the freedom to expel that spirit and to continue to pursue your place in God, right? right? Yeah, yeah. The Holy Spirit lives in you when you are saved. The Holy Spirit and evil spirit will not dwell in the same place. However, I say however, however, turn to your name. I'm tapping out of sin into true repentance. The demonic spirit does not live in you in the same place where the evil spirit lives. Because you have a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. First Thessalonians 5.20. Evil spirit does not live in your spirit that's the resident of the Holy Spirit. By contrast, the evil spirit lives in your soul. When you discover that an evil spirit has taken control of your emotions, there really, there really is only one way to deal with it, and that is to when you repent, that spirit no longer has the right to dwell in you. When you repent, you expel that spirit, you retake your emotions. When the house is clean and swept, it must be occupied by the Holy Spirit or the spirits that left will come back with more evil spirits to secure that territory with greater preeminence. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right? So it means they're going to come back threefold. Right? So when you empty, when you empty in yourself, when you're truly repenting, now when you're truly repenting, you're completely emptying yourself, right? And when you're empty, that just means that you're empty. You have to be so careful now what you're going to fill it with. It needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God immediately. Immediately. You have to take immediate action, right, to seal it because other spirits will come and it'll be worse than it was before. Right? You're going to be in a chaotic situation. That's what they call Genesis, and they say to restore from chaos, a chaotic condition. You will be in a chaotic state, right? So anyway, um, so you got it. You got the gist of it, and I really don't have to cover all of it because we got the gist of it. We talked about the, uh, uh, the sickness, the disease, and we're talking about, we talked about the cure. Um, there must not be rationalization to cover and hide sin. We said, you know, rationalizing is the enemy to repentance. Rationalizing is the bringing of ideals down to the level of one's conduct, while repentance is bringing uh, of one's conduct up to the level of his ideals. I like that, right? The searing of one's conscience is certainly inimical, 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 to repentance and to justify and rationalize is not the highway to repentance, right? <coughs> Sin has size and it sure does. Sin has size and dimensions. They're all size and all dimensions of sin, right? They are greater and lesser ones. Someone has said, conscious is a celestial spark that God has put into every man for the purpose of saving his soul. It, all, it, it, uh, it awakens the soul to consciousness of sin. It stimulates him to want to do better, to make adjustments, and to accept the sin in its full weight and size, to be willing to face facts and meet issues and pay penalties. True repentance involves, here we go right here. Total. We weep in that area. Some people, they, you find it so hard to forgive. You find it hard to forgive someone who has hurt you, Right? And it's hard. It's sometimes it's hard to forgive someone who has hurt you. But when you keep your mind on God, I always think, well, how would God respond? Yeah. Right? How would he respond to me? Yeah. Haven't he forgiven me so many times? I think I go beyond the numbers that was written in the book. You know, he's forgiven me so many times. So when God forgiven you so many times, you're supposed to, again, we're created in his image. So we're supposed to imitate our father. Then we're supposed to forgive as many times as God forgives. That's right. And guess what? When we, and Pastor touched that on one sermon too. So when we talked about dropping, dropping the F-bombs, when we forgive, we are free. That's right. We're liberated. We are free. That's right. We're no longer carrying it. Because as long as we don't forgive that person, that person is going to go on with their lives. That's right. They'll continue to go on. That's right. You all tore up from the floor up, look like you've been sucking on lemons, right? People speak to you. You know, I've seen people like that. Walk past them. Hello, how you doing? I'm always smiling like that. What you smiling like? What's so happy? 
I'm like, well, good guy. You know, I'm like, okay. You know, I guess you're not happy. But anyway, I go on, you know, they say, oh, she smiled too much. I don't know, but she, all that. You know, people talk about that too. If somebody talk about that gossiping stuff, she smiled too much. She always smiled. Life ain't all that like that. There's no way. So and so, so and so. Yeah, you got, yeah, you keep smiling. Keep smiling. No matter what's going on, keep smiling. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. Yes. That hurts her. Right there. Right? That hurts her. So, anyway, so, um, and Max, can you go to the quote for me? I had some quotes. You got the gist of the true repentance. We don't have to go on and on and on with it because it will go on and on and on, but you got the gist of it. <laughs> and reparations, again, please, it's so very important. I'm telling anybody, if somebody, you've done anything to anybody, please go and fix it. Undo your wrong. Don't wait for somebody to pump you up to go up to apologize to somebody or to uh, uh, repay something or do whatever you need. You know, it's a repay means to undo what you did, undo the harm that you did. Don't have fun. Don't wait for that. Don't wait for nobody to pump you up. You got to do that. You have to free yourself because it frees you. Free yourself. Yeah. Amen. Free yourself. Right? Be free. Be free. You know, a lot of people done stuff to, to us. We probably didn't our family members. Matter of fact. Anyway. So I love this quote by Bill Winston. He's, he's pretty good, but it says, the world is looking for somebody to boss, but the kingdom is looking for somebody to serve. That's good. Right? That's good. Yeah, that's the only way that, see, it's all about the kingdom, for real. Messages should be all about the kingdom of God. In order for us to be able to get the keys to the kingdom of God, you know the key to the kingdom is righteousness, right? We can't be righteous in sin. So we need to learn, we need to learn how to use our key so that we can get into the kingdom. Then the next one is here. Be the Christian that will straighten another Christian's crown without telling the world that the crown was even crooked. Good, great. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Wow. Somebody do something. Tell everybody. You don't have to tell the world. That's right. Just go tell it. Pull the person coattail. Hey, sweet. You know, yeah. Oh, what you did that wasn't right. Oh, what you did that wasn't right. That's just between you and that person. Yeah. You straighten it. God's giving you your crown. Now you can move on. That's right. Amen. Right. Amen. You good people, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. So basically, we tied it all up. We talked about the sickness and disease. We talked about the remedy, the cure, which is true repentance. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna leave you just with a little joke here. I'm, I'm finishing up with this. I'm finished, Max. I'm finished. I'm not going to, you know, we did that. Now, you know, I, I, uh, I love my mama. Yeah, I know that. My mama was my best friend. I was so emotional last week because of Mother's Day. You know, I couldn't, eh. But I thought about some good things that happened, right? And just before, just before my mama passed, well, you know, she wasn't sick, right? So it was like two weeks. No, I mean, two months before mom passed and everything, and she passed, it caught us by surprise, but she was well. She's like, Diane, she calls me Diane, guess what? I'm like, yeah, mama, I said, what's going on? She's like, you know, I fell asleep, I was on the couch, I was looking at television, I fell asleep, and she said, I went to put my hand across, she said, I woke up, my mouth slobbed, and she said, and I noticed that my, my teeth had fallen out my <laughs> mouth, right? <laughs> and I said, what do you mean, mama? She said, yeah, my teeth, she said, and, she, and mama later on, she cursed. She said, I said, what the, Haiti, it's my teeth, right? She said, the teeth slid and fell out of mouth. And she said, and then I looked down, she said, and the deep dog had my teeth in his mouth, right? <laughs> and I said, so what I did, I said, mama. I said, the dog had his teeth, and the first thing came to mind was that commercial with the dog and <laughs> with the dentures, right? So I, I cracked up laughing so hard, it made my side hurt, right? It, I, I mean, I bust stitches. She said, Diane, that's not funny. I said, Mama, that is some funny stuff right there, right? Yeah, she said, and the dog was wearing her dentures. <laughs> Praise God. I'm finished. <laughs> So let us end in prayer. <laughs> Praise God, y'all. I told you, I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? BGFG, baby.
Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.